0: Welcome to FEO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and
1: your host, Dave McNeil.
2: Hello and welcome to FEO on the Air. Today we're really lucky to have Steve Schmader, the President and CEO of IFEA, join us. He was our keynote speaker at our conference in London. Steve, and welcome to Canada. Uh, Just wondering if you can uh, tell our members a little bit about what your organization does for those that may not know or...
0: You bet. IFEA, which which spelled out stands for International Festivals and Events Association, uh, is positioned as the as the global body representing our, our industry, all people that do festivals and events around the world. Um, and and our, our our mission is is really to uh, create the best environment for all of those people to um, to work in and operate in. And, and we do that through relationships with governments and the media and uh, educational institutions who are now teaching uh, the field of festivals and events, uh, as well as much like uh, uh, FEO, we, we are teaching and training the people directly in the industry, giving them, uh, discussing trends and issues and skill sets and, and the things that they need to do their jobs
2: better. And I think the one, the one great thing I took away from your, your talk this morning was the ability to take an idea and make it your own. And and I'm a big believer in that there, those 15 original ideas and how you spin them and how you make them they can be uniquely different, but right. they, they stem from something you have seen somewhere. And I I think it's so important as event event professionals to be observant of those little details that you know that make a difference if you incorporate them into your event.
0: Uh, I, I I think ideas are everywhere, and in fact, I think the most fun we can have with our lives is is. Just looking around us, I think sometimes we, we pigeonhole ourselves into only only looking at other events, even or or looking at um, e- events that are only exactly like us, you know, arts events or music events or whatever you happen to be. And and the best ideas I find come from the most unexpected places. And and I try to uh, encourage people as, as as well as do it myself uh, to look for ideas. Everywhere, whether it's an airline magazine or walking down the street somewhere and you see something that's kind of cool or neat or unique and different. And and, and being able, the, the one thing I wish I could teach people, uh, I told somebody in a speech I gave, I said the two things I'd like to teach is how to merge into traffic and, and the other is how to translate ideas. But I don't have time to teach merge into traffic in my lifetime. <laughs> so we're going with translate ideas. And, and people too often put up blinders that says... Uh, well, that event is not like mine or they have a bigger budget or they, um, it, it's culturally different from us and, and they write off what they can gain from that and to, to translate ideas, to take something that you see somewhere else because you really don't want to directly copy what somebody else is doing. I, I think it's a real compliment that you like what they did but usually you're going to have to tweak it to your audience or your community or your situation in some way anyway. My predecessor with the IFA used to always say, he said, if you uh, steal one idea, it's stealing. If you steal two or more, it's market research. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's true. But I, I think if you can find something, if you're the creator of something all new, brand and different, even even better. But very few brand new ideas out there and if you can take something else and just tweak it a little bit and and turn it into uh, something even better than people whoever you got the idea from can come and take it back and even learn themselves
2: and you're right those people that are pigeonholed hold into the, we can't do that because we don't operate that I mean that drives me insane and it right. must use and unfortunately we hear it all too often is that people can't think outside of their silo or how to get out of that box that they put themselves into which is part of their problem
0: even if you sit and say that i can start a conversation a speech and i can say that exact point don't pigeonhole yourself don't do that don't you know and and then as soon as you're done somebody will come up to you and say that exact thing well we can't we can't do that and you're going well you're I, i'm sorry your hands are tied forever you need to find another career and that's not being mean it's just this industry i think really is is uh, has been and will continue to be dependent on people being creative and and fresh and new and audiences demand new experiences my my son is graduating with a self design degree from college called uh, multimedia experience design and and the whole the whole idea is how do we take the um, the things that we now see as somewhat commonplace and and make them into new uh, his goal, if he had a perfect world, would be doing that with museums. And if you've ever gone into a museum, they're all pretty much the read the cards. And uh, we, we've gone to several, he and I, and, and or, or places where uh, we were at a museum that was trying to show how tidal waves work or something. And, and you push a button, and, a, and two minutes later, this machine has tilted and flowed some water downhill. And, and, you know, a normal kid, man, they're just coming up banging on this button, and nothing happens in a heartbeat. And they're gone. They, yeah. they've missed the experiment. They've missed the point. They've missed the education, and and I think all of us need to think about that. Is is we are in an immediate gratification world. I, we want it to be quality experiences for people, but you have to think about um, if if you put all the facts and things in a museum on a card for people to read and they don't read it, you've you've missed the opportunity to educate them. So now how do you, how do you provide that in a in a sense or a resource uh, to them? That, that they will enjoy it, that they will remember it, that they will take it away and remember what it is that they've just experienced.
2: The other thing I, I really pulled from your thing, and it, and it came through with my background in broadcasting, is that at the root of everything we do, we're storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I think the sooner people realize that, that their event is a story and how they tell it is so important.
0: It, it, absolutely. And you have to, um, that's another thing you, you don't think much about having to train um, but, but when we say that, I think sometimes people get confused with how you do that. But, you know, like at Disney or something, how they have storyboards for every movie, for everything they've ever done, for every theme park ride. They know exactly what it's going to look like and feel like. And, and, and so to help people understand, I sometimes do use theme parks. I go, you know, if you're about to get on the, uh, the Matterhorn, you know, well, the ride is obviously a ride. Uh, but they set the tone for the experience, you, you know, while you're standing in a line for an hour uh, you're you're going through some Himalayan village and you're seeing you know yeti skins hanging on the wall and the camp tools and the, you, you've bought into that or if it's a Star Wars right or whatever they start that and it entertains people in line for one but it also sets the stage for for what the story is and, and it can be a very simple thing too because you then they go okay well you know again we can't do that with all the budgets and uh, we used to do a very simple thing at an event I produced where we had a kid's area, and, and I'm a big King Arthur fan. I just like King Arthur. So we, we had a sword and a stone built, and we had it built with a garage door opener. So from 200 feet away, you could raise the sword. And and we enclosed the whole thing in an old English courtyard-looking place, and, and, and it just sat there for during the festival. But at certain times of the day, uh, we would open it up, Uh, And and, I mean, the rest of the time, people could take pictures and those kind of things. But then we had a a Merlin costumed character come out and hosted everybody and did magic tricks. And then he brought little kids up out of the audience, and they let them try to pull the sword from the stone. And at some point, you know, we'd go, oh, well, that little girl is cute. And we'd press the garage door (laughs) opener, and the sword would come up. And then we had this huge, giant parade and crowning. And and, and all of that was a, a, a story. It's a story we all know. But we just created it where we were and, and that that's one of those that, that adults know the story, kids are learning the story. It, it, you have a, um, a beginning, a middle, and an end uh, kind of a thing and, and, and that is far more fun uh, I think for people they get they, they get caught up in that in, in that bigger storytelling. but you can do that from a, even even a bigger area of your events um, as well the way you create your uh, your entryways, and the, and the things that are going on within your, uh, Disney used to call them weenies, um, the, the visual things that you saw that capture you. It might be a really big tent, or it might be a stage, or it might be um, whatever it is, but to create, even I tell people like with food courts, you know, we're so used to, you know, I'll, I'll pull the food court guys in, and I said, well, what if you design the whole food court around an international theme, especially if you salute a different country or something, you make it a global village, and 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 just have the fronts of the booths and things designed to make you feel like you're in a different place and a different um, story, and and that's those are the kind of simple things that really I I think cause people to remember more. Other other than I, I, probably a bad way to term it, but I've said I've been to far too many events that are crap in a park. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and people think that's that's what it takes. You just stick a tent or a stage or a port a potty or whatever you got, man, stick it out in the park and, and you've got a festival and that's not what festivals are about. You have to create an experience and that should be the most fun we have in our industry is creating that and thinking that through and really building that. Uh, a lot of times I think we get so caught up in, and we're we're always pressed with time and money and resources of course and so sometimes it's good enough for now. Um, but I, I think we get so operationally caught up that we, we, the first thing we give up is the creative time, and, and I think we have to be careful not to do that. That that should be the most fun we have, and the last thing we want to give up.
2: Yeah, and, and unfortunately, in these days with uh, the risk management and everything, hmm. everybody's talking about, it and it's sort of the top of mind. And and I truly believe, and I said it at a municipal conference, is unfortunately we've lost <coughs> some creativity to the time we've spent on risk management and you know i've yeah. had questions like what's going to be the next big threat well just imagine some crazy thing and that might happen you know
0: anything anymore i know it's and, and you're right i feel like 75 percent of our sessions at our conference are, are risk management anymore as, as opposed to how do you build a better parade float um and, and it is a shame that we we are in that world but that's the reality and and now just the costs of dealing with that now too both for small events and large events you have to you have to do your risk management matrix and things, and say, okay, small event, in a small town. How much are they? Is their risk a big terrorist threat? Probably not. And their risk is probably more a really bad weather front coming through, or, or, or a vendor gas leak, or you know. So they're far more on on those terms. But we but we have to think so much about that. And, and you know, now, like for the Olympics, talking big events, um, the security alone for the Olympics costs more today. the entire olympic games used to cost to produce back in you know the end of the century
2: and the olympics are a great example i've been involved with four in my career and and you know you you talked a little bit about the preparedness and making sure that banner and to me the olympics are the ultimate event that, Mm -hmm. that they've got it all right they've got the rap they've got the banners they've got the movement of people and and every tiny detail is taken care of but Anybody that's been involved in, in the event world, it's the Olympics are no different than any other event. It all comes together at the last minute. I mean, I remember driving around some villages thinking, oh, my God, that, that fence is not wrapped. But, you know, you get there in the morning and everything's wrapped and the grounds are clean. It, it just happens. Right?
0: Well, you always, always the news coverage leading up to every Olympics I've ever seen is, is there the hotels aren't finished the roof's not on the stadium's not going to be complete the waterways are polluted and and somehow and 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 maybe if we could really see behind the scenes worse than others but you know somehow they all pull off and they come out and 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 you know in the olympics the things people don't realize too is a lot of the olympics is is a um, is a repeat event you know they don't create the olympics from scratch every olympics they have people that travel that that's all they do is olympic games they they just move to the next one like a political campaign and they've got the plan and they know kind of what needs to happen and, and so there's a certain amount of personalization to where you're at but the way you set up the um the ski tracks and that's uh, all pretty much in place and, and i think
2: it's a lesson to be learned for other events that don't have a large change over year to year is to remember your core value and, and work around mm-hmm. that you're not Anybody that's constantly changing for change sakes right. is missing an opportunity, right? I mean, there. are
0: Yeah, certain certain things that can be repeated and aren't going to, you know, people probably aren't going to walk out if your stage looks the same. You might want to dress it up and put banners and, and, and images and logos and those kind of things make it look cooler. Um, but if you have a limited amount of time that you can spend and, and resources, uh, there's certain things you can get by with probably repeating and, and aren't going to be as highly visible or noticed and sometimes it could be a very little change you get noticed before something
2: yeah. you think is huge and speaking of those i mean back to the creating the experience and that of the whole disney model that you touched on i mean um you know at oktoberfest we used to talk about creating an experience from when your car entered the driveway till mm-hmm. you entered the venue until you left the venue and every different aspect along the way which is the disney model right is making sure that there's a positive experience whether there's a lineup what do you do with that lineup how do you engage it
0: we we've talked about that uh, for forever i used to do that when i was producing more hands-on with events and and uh, we we used to have a a bus service that you could park off-site and 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 it would shuttle you down to the to the park where we were and i'd tell people i said okay we need to we need to go live that and and say what is the experience when you park your car what is the experience on the bus when you get on the bus, what is it, what, you know, while you're waiting, what is it on the bus? So we created videos to play for people to watch. Here's what you're looking forward to. And, you know, because they had the capability to play. And then where you delivered people to and what they got off the bus. I was always like, what are you What are you looking at when you get off the bus? Who's greeting you? Who's making you feel welcome? Who's handing you a map? Who's, you know, otherwise you are just <laughs> dump you off in a parking lot and you won't feel like that's very fun or exciting. Um, I, there's a... Um, they're talking about the things like I did in my talk at, at your conference, there, there's a, a Japanese garden rule. If you've ever been through a Japanese garden, they're just beautiful, you know, and and, and their, their rule is one step, one view. And so every step you take should have beautiful views to look at and, and new and different views. And so I think festivals should be kind of the same way. You should walk through and say, what do I see from here? You know, just to put random, I'm ran going to crap in a park. Just to put random crap in a park doesn't work. But if you got, look, I'm going to set my stage so uh, the backdrop for the audience is a mountain range or, or a, you know, a beautiful. I, I've, I put a stage which was in the right place for where I was at the time, but, uh, you know, something one of our challenges was is the sun set right behind it, which didn't, that wasn't good when it was setting. It was, it was beautiful once it came down at night. Um, but we, we, came up with a way to shield it from that and, and, and do the backdrop and everything so we could have it where we wanted the rest of the day. So you have to think about those things or, or where if you have a sponsor tent or a VIP area, you know, it, that it's not just set off to the side and forgotten or something, you know, how, how nice does it look? Where is it set? What's the, um, again, the visual and the viewpoint and, and things that all those people are getting uh, because that does help people uh, remember the experience. And it makes it nice. That's why big music festivals, you know, used to be a half dozen music festivals that you would travel to in the summer. Now there's one in every community. They're kind of the big box store of, of uh, festivals and events now. Most of the really big ones were somewhere pretty neat. They were in a gorge or they were at Red Rocks in Denver. or They were, you know, somewhere where it was a spectacular setting that you wouldn't normally get. And, and I think that's what we need to kind of look for in our own communities, too, is say, where, where are we setting up? How do we maximize that experience unto itself uh, and, and uh, take advantage of the, of the natural resources that we have around
2: us? Steve Schmader, president and CEO of IFEA, is our guest. Back in just a minute
1: with FEO on the air. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost by your membership today contact us now debbie at festivals and
0: the voice of festivals and events in ontario feel on the air continues here again as our host dave mcneil
2: welcome back to feel on the air steve schmader president and ceo of ifea is our guest um, steve you were a keynote speaker and I, i'm just going to touch on a few points that you delivered and and, and get some comments on that one that I really took in it, and it's the top of my list, and it's make places people. Hmm. That really hit home to me. And talk a little bit about that.
0: It's a lesson I learned from my days with Up with People, uh, the international performance uh, international show. We we traveled around the world, uh, living with host families and things. And and the, and the founder of Up with People, a man named Jay Blanton Belk, uh, that 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 was something that he taught, and I thought it was. Um, a lesson that was very important because uh, he he said if if you make places people he, he goes very easy to look at a map and if you were to want to start a war it's let 's go annihilate that little colored section right there or that dot on a map but if If you know people and you have friends and and um, family and 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 uh, professional peers around the world, and so when you think of I mentioned in my talk, when I think of Belgium, I have a host family there that's kind of like my surrogate parents, you know, and, and uh, I think of them, or if I'm thinking of, of China, I, I have a good friend named Jean Nguyen in China that uh, I enjoy getting together with there or any, any place else in the world. I, I've been, knock on wood, very fortunate to travel and, 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 and meet a lot of people, but when you can personalize a place... Um, you really do start becoming and feeling like a global citizen because everything that happens in the news, uh, it's, it's no longer just your city or your community that you care about, but if, um, if something's happening you know, across the globe, you, you care because you have people that are affected by that. And it also makes for the most interesting conversations because now you have a reason to ask and to learn and, and to do that. So anytime you can personalize a, a place, much, much better.
2: Another thing I picked up, and I wish my penmanship was better, so you can correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong here, but appreciation versus comparison.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's uh, another one. Again, I, I've and I've traveled and seen, I've, I've stood in just currency exchange lines, you know, with people that I'm kind of I hide my head when they bring out their U.S. passport. Um, you know, they're walking up to somebody who obviously works in currency exchange. You're pretty smart on that front, you know, and I've I've seen some. You know, guy walking up and pulling out a silver dollar and going, "Look at that young lady you ever seen? That's a silver dollar. you ever seen one of those?" And you're going, "Oh my God. you know they, yes, they have. Um, and they mean well, they're 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 experiencing and, and, and things too. But we have a tendency um, to come into it, as I mentioned in my talk, with, with the uh, the statement of we don't do it that way. If you look at something, go, well, we don't do it that way. And that's that's a line of right and wrong, uh, whereas if you come into a situation, any situation you're in, whether that's the way you do it or not, and, and, and approach it from a question of why do you do it that way, it, then you're opening yourself up to learning why it is they approach something, then you can have a conversation back and forth about... Um, your your challenges and and how well each works and you come away with new ideas but if you just go in pretty much in your with your blinders on the, how you do it is the only way you're, you're not going to be as open to the conversation or the ideas that we're talking about too
2: and it probably leads right into the next one is have a vision larger than yourself yeah you know we're,
0: we're all very a personalities pretty much in in this industry but i think you've got to really watch egos um I, I don't think that plays very well for for most i think you have to be in it for a, um, a again a, a, something bigger than yourself that might be quality of life in your community that might be world peace if you want a really big uh thing or it might be fixing the environment or it might be whatever whatever it is or, or just doing a great event so that parents can bring their kids and have a great time and uh and walk away but if you're worried about Being recognized and patted on the back, and and that you're going to get in the way of your own success. I used to take my my volunteers at at, I did an event called the Boise River Festival. Our main stage, we'd we'd have you know hundred thousand people sitting in front of our main stage, and it'd be families on blankets, and grandma and grandpa, and mom and dad, and the kids, and 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 they'd just be having a great time together. And and I'd take our volunteers up on the stage, and I'd and I'd let them look out over the crowd, and I'd say. Because of the work you're putting in, because of your due diligence, all of those people there are having are, are having a moment, are are creating memories with their families that they would not otherwise have, and that will be very special. And it doesn't matter whether or not they can ever recognize me or or the volunteers or know you by name. It doesn't matter. The, the The bottom line is that, that you helped so many other people or or that community to. Uh, come closer together and be bonded together, and, and those kind of things are, you know, when you work as hard as everybody does in our industry, listen, you sure, certainly uh, deserve a pat on the back and all the recognition you can get, but most of us are not ever lacking for uh, uh, attention or chances to, you know, talk or, uh, or, get, or get recognized. I, I personally, uh, and we say in the IPA, but we'd, I'd much rather be recognized by my peers, for what I do, because they understand what what you do, and um, th- that's a very special thing when you get an award or something that is your peers going, we understand.
2: Yeah, um, I like nothing better than at an event that I was involved in than walking around. Nobody knew who I was, right. looking at smiling faces. Yep. To me, that's all I needed is, and and I I hate staged photographs. <laughs> I love photographs that capture the moment. Yep. And when you get a photographer hand in a disc these days and it's just smiling faces, That's, you've captured your... And you know you've done a good job we, because it's what it's all about.
0: With our magazine, uh, IE, uh, that, we, that we do, we really, for our cover shots and things, are especially pressed on that where we, we tell everybody we want photographs that, that capture the moment, that show emotion, that show somebody really enjoying themselves or a performer or doing what they do best and things. Uh, so many times people will send us some, you know, drone shot of a huge crowd. And I'm going, I don't need that. That's um, they're a dime a dozen. What what we try to capture is, is that image of somebody, what the impact of what we all do is on on individuals. And yeah, that, that once you capture that and like you say you you see that and walk around and enjoy that, that's that's its own reward.
2: This next one and it sort of goes into volunteering and, and in Canada we're having a tough time with volunteering. I don't know if it's the same hmm. in the States but you know, service clubs are dwindling. Our volunteer base is dwindling, and and it's something that we really have to work on. And one of the points you made was give more than you think you can. Yeah,
0: and and for everybody, your volunteers or yourselves and everybody too. You know, you we all think we wear out quicker than we do. You know, and and uh, from a from a time standpoint or a resource standpoint or you know, it's 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 easy for I have people that you know, oftentimes you know, they're they're like. I mean they're human they they get they get tired they you know work hard they they do things but uh, in our industry most of the time you're going to have to you're going to have to press that envelope probably more often than people in in some other industries do you're not the bank teller that at five o'clock closes the windows and goes home and and if that's the kind of job you need and that's the kind of lifestyle you need then this is the wrong business for for you to be in but when you um, push yourself and and I, I find sometimes those are the bonding times when you've joined with a gr- another group of people your volunteers your staff your people and you've and you've pushed beyond your boundaries a little bit and your limits and you've pulled off something really rewarding and you can look back on that and say again that's all those people or all that experiences was because because we did that the the rewards are terrific and all of a sudden you don't feel quite as tired or quite as you know worn out or frazzled it, it's more of the warm fuzzy that you get for doing what you do.
2: The last point we'll talk about in this section is to be open to lessons.
0: Uh, I- anywhere and everywhere. And and that is, you know, whether you're searching, a, uh, like I say, an airline magazine or walking down the street and you see a, a light pole designed the way you didn't ever see something designed. doesn't have to be just in our industry and, and how you do it. Or if you walk around and see other people's events to, to, to look at what they do. Um, there, there are so many things I mentioned in my talk um uh, a guy named DeWitt Jones, who's a National Geographic photographer, along with Stephen Covey, uh, wrote a book called The Nature of Leadership. And and it's a whole book full of these beautiful photographs of nature, but then they they have written in it uh, the lessons you learn from what, what you can learn from whether a river flowing through a canyon or some of the way that, uh, you know, you might have a, a a lone wind-blown tree growing out of a cliff somewhere, you know, and they, and they can talk about the lessons and things of that. Um, you know, lessons are everywhere, and if you open yourself up to that, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. You'll end up with files full of ideas and thoughts and things, some that you may never come back to, but um, others, others that you do just from a standpoint of uh, they're kind of fascinating and, and they are a guide to how we kind of live our lives and work our careers and things as well.
2: Steve Schmader is our
1: guest today, president and CEO of IFEA. Back in just a minute with Feel on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated, and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.
0: Welcome back. Theo On The Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil.
2: Welcome back to Theo On The Air, Steve Wood. Nader, President, CEO of International Festival and Events Association, is our guest today. Um, a couple more points that I pulled from your thing that I want your reaction to before we wrap up our session today. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Um, and if money is a problem, you need to expand your vision. <laughs> How many times have you heard? I keep, We don't have the budget for oh, that.
1: It's, it, it, I, I, I,
2: I,
0: I've said it probably a number of times in my lifetime. I, I was... Uh, that, that quote came from uh, Rick Birch who is the um, gentleman who's probably produced more of the Olympic opening ceremonies than anybody else on the planet very nice guy uh, he's originally Australian and we were in Dubai together for a project we were working on and and um, we went out to dinner and we were sitting and talking and, and we were just talking about again it, money you know and, and where you go get the support and especially for things like the Olympics and and, and things and, and I wrote it down because he was just saying it off offhanded, but it was it was so true. He said, if, "If money is your problem, you have no problem." He said, "If money is your problem, you need a bigger vision." And started thinking about that. And, and, and that I hear so many people that are kind of I, they've got their hand out. Uh, when they go out for sponsorships or support and those kind of things, it's another, you know, and, and, and I always get it sort of the, I don't suppose you'd want to sponsor me, would you? <laughs> you know, well, no, <laughs> you know, and you've got to you've got to sell them. When we sell things, we're selling intangibles. You know, you I always tell people if somebody supports you by writing you a check, you need to be very honored because they're buying a belief that you can pull off what you're talking about, and it's usually something. That you can't set on the table like a microphone like this and say, "Oh, look at that! It's the best microphone, and here's what it does." And you're talking about an image and a, and a vision. And and people, I find, uh, Rick is correct in that. In in that, they love to get behind things that have never happened before. Something brand new, something bigger and better. And maybe it breaks a record, or maybe it's just something uh, this this spectacular thing for a community that hadn't been done or biggest fireworks they've ever done I I a good example probably is uh, when I started the Boise River Festival in 1990 it had never been done and I really wanted a big fireworks show and I didn't I didn't know how to go get the support for that because there's a lot of money to do a really big one and so I had I had a little piddle in budget at that point I had like $2,000 <laughs> you know so we got to the end of the festival and, and I was working with Zambelli Fireworks who's good friends um, and, and I said, here's what I want to do. I said, take that $2,000, and I want that, I want all of that up in the air in 30 seconds or less at the end. We'll put a big capper on this thing, throw that crap up in the air, man. And, and they did, and it was big, and it was spectacular, and it was like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a nice finish because it was kind of tear your head off fireworks. And everybody went, ah, oh, well, that was spectacular. And, and wasting no time literally the next day. I was sitting in offices of potential sponsors and, and saying, Do you like that fireworks? And they were like, Oh my gosh, that was really good. And I said, You want to see twenty minutes of that? Here's what I need. And I said, Never been done here. Really be spectacular. And and that you gave them the the leverage, they saw what you were talking about. And they and you said, Now I need I need some money for this, you know, but it's gonna be spectacular. And it was. And as we as we went on over the years then we were we were able to do a, a a big show and choreographed all the music and everything. And, and it was, it was, they still talk today in our community about the fireworks we did back in the 1990s because nobody else has yet repeated that, but you probably still could if you went back out and sold it again from a bigger vision.
2: Which leads into great to to the, one of the final comments I'll, I'll talk about pick your partners carefully and protect them tenaciously.
0: Yeah. Um. and, and, I don't want to sound Donald Trumpy on that. Not illegally, you don't. You don't protect your partners illegally. <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't that the American putting our heads? Um <laughs> So, what do you think, Steve? Um, yeah, I have some great, great partners, good friends, uh, people that have have over my career made me successful. Um, and they have taken risks with me when we wanted to do something or try something, and, you know, they maybe have done something for a little less than they should or a little more work than they should and because they understand what we're trying to accomplish too, and they really want to do that. And there are volunteers and sponsors and suppliers and companies out there that are willing to work with you to, to pull stuff off, but then you need the people that are as passionate about what you're trying to do um, as, as you are, and that's the people you want to protect tenaciously. You know, you want to you want to keep them at your side because they get it, and they've put in their their fair share of the risk. They've said, "Okay, we're gonna either cut our rate, or fire a bigger show, or do something for you along the way." Uh, and, and then you want to stand by them and make sure they succeed as well. I'm all about win-win. Everybody at the table should walk away uh, a winner in any negotiation and stuff you do. and, and, and ultimately, if everybody has that vision bigger than the sales idea and the creativity and the new ideas and and you're all working d- together toward those end results uh with with partners that you like that also makes our job fun because uh, you're working with people to get it and and you can have a really good time with that as well um i i think your success and and the potential for your events and your careers is unlimited
2: final takeaway from this morning session um keep moving forward yeah
0: that's Walt Disney. He gets credit for that one, um, but but he he, he always his, his quote for all the theme parks and, uh, and the movies and uh, every, everything that he's ever touched and done is, is um, they, they believe in and you always keep moving forward and you you look for the new idea and you look for the new um, latest greatest thing that you can set the bar for uh, and and do that when you when you get stale. Uh, and, and you settle in, it's, it's either time to move on or find a way to uh, keep moving forward. And, and uh, th- I just thought that's a very simple thought process. And uh, you always have to say, okay, what have we accomplished now? And now, now what's the n- next greatest thing on the horizon that we can aim at? And, um, and, and again, it's part of that that keeps our jobs fun um, and, and makes everybody look to your event. If, if your sponsors and your volunteers and your city and everybody that gets behind you uh, sees your event as one that is always moving forward always setting the bar raising the bar for yourself and others i think it's a lot easier to keep their support at the table uh for what you're doing and, and again a lot more fun for all of us
2: and another great disney quote and i've got it on my office wall is to quit talking about it and start doing, start it.
0: doing it yeah the best best way to, to to be successful is stop talking and start doing yeah and mm-hmm.
2: and so true just you know you can throw ideas around the table forever if you want to yeah and you'll never sooner or later you got to pick them and start doing them
0: and and things happen I told my son this he was about to graduate college I said it's hard to explain that but if you if you take the first step other steps all of a sudden start showing up as if magically you know we kind of all know how that happens now because once you're talking to people and you you can't be halfway into an idea and sort of I'm doing it I'm not doing it you got to step full force into the thing and once you do other people will be attracted to you, and some of the answers for the problems you have, or the questions, or the hurdles and things, will magically appear, and, and it sort of feeds on itself. And, and of course, that's hard to explain to, a, um, you know, a college student that hasn't yet had to go out there and take that risk. You know, they, I think they, they think that the first great idea is going to be the end-all, be-all, and that's, you know, we, we all know that experience comes from wrong decisions <laughs> and learning and doing and uh and And you need to take your take your risks on that front as as well but but yeah certainly we we all need to to move forward and keep trying to uh, take that next step so that we get closer to our goals final word, final thought for a few on the air listeners i I just congratulate everybody who happens to be listening because i 'm assuming they are probably the leaders in their field anyway already because uh, they know you know again just, just Looking and listening and talking about new ideas, and and uh, I w- certainly wish all of them well, and and I hope that they will uh, do their best to um, bring other people up through the ranks, some of the younger generations and the and the people that are looking to get involved in our industry and, and looking for the best doors in to help to help open those pathways and keep our industry. Um, you know, we're we're not at a shortage of growth at the at the moment, but at the same time shortage of really good new things. I think that could come, and we want to make sure that never happens. And um, so we just want to encourage everybody that's uh, part of the industry to um, do their best and have a good time what they do, but also continue that legacy by
2: bringing others onto the fold as well. Steve Schmader, President and CEO of International Festival Events Association. Thank you very much for being our guest. Thanks for being our keynote Look forward to talking again and, and maybe touching base in uh, half a year from now and just see where we
1: are and, and, and what's out there. That'd be great. We look forward to it. Thanks. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific? Cover a particular topic? Answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the air wants to give you what you need to succeed contact us now, Dave at festivals Thanks
0: for listening to Feo on the air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario.